coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Unique, unifying, utopian. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, how's it going? It's going pretty good, Patrick. How are you? Uh, it, is, it is going okay. I am having a hard time adjusting to the fact that we have now crossed the threshold of days getting longer, that like summer has started, right? And now the days are going to start to get shorter again. Like, it's it is bright as we uh, start start recording this, and I can't believe that we've that the whole build up to summer has happened without us leaving our homes. I know, uh, and and we're just here, and it's gonna start to we're gonna head towards winter, and like then it'll be Christmas, and we'll still be in this. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh my gosh, I completely agree. It's like a completely lost year. Like, um, yeah. You know, like the day to day, you're like, you're living it, you're in it, you're like, whatever, this is life. But then when you think of the time that has passed and you compare it to like previous years, what had happened in your life, like, yeah. uh, it is bonkers, completely nutso. It's a totally wild situation to be in. If you would like to be in a different wild situation, you can borrow my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch. All you got to do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com gmail and give us a mailing address where we can send it. Uh, we can send the, the, the game card to you, the cartridge to you. You play it for as long as you want. You send it on back, and uh, that's it. That's the, that's the entirety of the program. That's how it works. It's a successful program. No one can debate that it isn't. Um, <laughs> Mark, uh, we, uh, we've been doing E3s. Uh, we've been discussing historical E3s for a little while, um, and I think this is maybe the strangest of the four. It is. It is it's very strange, um, um, but I'm excited to yeah. talk about it. Me too. So let's 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 waste no further time uh, talking about what it was effectively the weather. I apologize. Antonic <laughs> <laughs> um, forces, and let's get into discussing discussing Nintendo's 2011 E3 presentation. As always, we recorded some predictions a couple days ago before we watched this thing for the first time in, you know, uh, 10 years. Um, uh, I think we're hilariously wrong in a lot of these. So let's 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 play them right now. So I mentioned last week brand confusion. I think that's going to be evident here that they are not going to successfully communicate what the Wii U is and how it is different from the Wii. People won't people will leave the presentation not knowing whether it is a new peripheral for their existing system or a brand new system. Yeah, I uh I think I mentioned this last week as well where it's just like I if we had done this in reverse order, I think we would be ending like the month on a little bit more of an upswing because we're not like 2004 and 2006 was like Nintendo really beginning to get their footing and they had a lot to prove, 
but um, you know, history showed that the DS and the Wii were like big swings that paid off big for Nintendo. And then, you know, like the 3DS had a rocky start because kind of this muddled uh, messaging. And I, the Wii U, uh, it's just like doomed by it a little bit. And um, yeah. it, I, I wonder how like painful it'll be to like sit through all of this knowing how things ended up. Like, is this when we're going to get like EA on the stage for like an unprecedented relationship? You know, like all that kind of stuff. Yeah, or like Ubisoft showing off like the Assassin's Creed that they're porting over to the Wii U or or, or whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I, I'm also uh, a little worried just, you know, thinking back on some of the things that we were talking about last week, because um, I know that games like Kid Icarus Uprising and uh, Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater don't come out for 3DS until uh, 2012. So like, this is going to be like a con- another like year of sort of resting on the same big releases uh, that they were teasing uh, in in the previous year for the 3DS. So like even the pillar that was sort of working uh, is like starting to get to like a, a slump period or like I don't know. It's 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 tough to it's tough to feel great about uh, what I think we're gonna see. And you know like the Wii is in a rough state at this point and they're not really totally. releasing any like new games um and but like the wii u is still a year out i don't know like at least we're gonna be able to hang out with our friends right we got reggie there we'll get awada there we'll get miyamoto there so it won't be a complete loss and maybe we'll be pleasantly surprised since our expectations are clearly very low (laughs) well and also uh like for sure we're gonna see um uh uh uh, uh, what is the name of it uh a wii u party is what i was gonna say uh, Nintendo Land. Oh, mm-hmm. Um, and, like, Nintendo Land is an interesting piece of software, um, and it'll be fun to see, like you say, our friends <laughs> presenting it on stage. Um, but, yeah, I would say that I'm I'm mostly dreading this. Well, okay, R- make, just to make sure that I have the timeline right, like, the game doesn't actually end up, the system doesn't actually end up releasing until 2012, right? I think that's right, yeah. So, so we have... I actually am not sure what we're going to see here because oh, how many like games are they actually going to show off? Or is it going to be like the 3DS reveal from last week where it's more like an introduction to the idea of the system and then none of the details will be forthcoming? Well, and also I think about this. Uh, Skyward Sword still hasn't come out by the time this, this is released. Oh my so gosh, you're right. Another look at Skyward Sword. <laughs> Here's the one thing I remember from the yeah. like for sure remember from this is there's this part where Reggie's like like t- talking up the power of the system or something or at least mentions it and then tosses to this like video that's supposed to show us what it can do. Oh my gosh, because we don't even know at this point that Unreal Engine can run on the Wii U. Um, and it's like a video that uh like shows nature and I remember it ends with like a bird landing on a branch and it looks my memory is that it looks fine, but you're like, it's just a, it's just like a pre-rendered video of like computer graphics. Like it doesn't really tell oh, us anything, no. which is just like, I don't know. This might be rough. <laughs> I hope, I hope it's not there at all. I hope you're way wrong on it. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, like it, this obviously is a a point where Nintendo isn't pivoting to like, oh you know, the, we're making a powerful machine, but uh, there's a little bit of a mea culpa here. And like the, 
we do need to be powerful enough to at least remotely look like what a, what a, the other machines on the market. Um, so it'll be interesting to see them kind of backpedal on that. All right, uh, that that that's enough talking about uh, uh, predictions for a thing that has existed for nine years. Uh, let's get into <laughs> it. And when I say we, I meant me. I meant I'm hilariously wrong <laughs> in I, a lot of this. I think we were both way off. Like, look, this is not my favorite E3 presentation, but I, but we were so down on it. Like, I think we were really <laughs> dreading this one, and it's not that bad. It's not that bad. And one of the things that, like, I called out was brand confusion. Um, and maybe I'm just remembering the, like you know, video game press atmosphere um, after this thing. And like those people pretending to be confused about it or being like, people aren't going to understand what this is. Um, because like the presentation makes it pretty clear what everything, like it's not really a mystery. Everything makes a lot of, <coughs> a lot of sense. Um, and then we do not see Nintendo land. We see maybe some like snippets of uh, like demos that would eventually become games within Nintendo land. Um but I mean, we see virtually no um, Wii U game gameplay uh, in this presentation. And you know, we were worried about um, like there not being a lot of 3DS games to show or new 3DS games to show off because they showed off a lot in like the year prior. But that turns out not to be true. Like they have a they reveal. I guess it's like five um, new yeah. or I guess four new 3DS games. 2011 was not a bad year for 3ds is basically what it comes down to yeah yeah and i mean a, a lot of that it does feel like was uh stuff that they were um you know paying off um what had been like kind of teased previously um i think maybe the the, the best way to uh, to approach this is just gonna have to be going through it uh, chronologically <laughs> probably um, no surprise to anybody who has listened to uh the previous three <laughs> Is this okay? Does this work? Like doing the kind of blow by blow, and then we we talk about it. I think it's fun. Um, this one, this is another like uh, almost uh, perplexing start to a presentation, just like the year previous, um, and filled with like errors, like just mistakes. Um, we spend the first fifteen minutes celebrating the uh, 25th anniversary of The Legend of Zelda. Um, and it, it starts with uh, an orchestra playing uh, a Zelda symphonic piece as there's like a Zelda montage in the background. Um, and the, the montage is pretty cool. Like it, it goes through, um, you know, basically all the mainline Zelda games, uh, first kind of focusing on Link and then on Ganondorf and then on Zelda. And then by the end, it all kind of just settles on Skyward Sword. Um, and, uh, you know, like the graphic that they leave you with is that, uh, Legend of Zelda 25th anniversary. Um, I had forgotten that this was like a touring orchestra, like show that you could go see. Right. Yeah. Um, I think I have the CD, like that you could buy that was like the man symphony of the goddess or something like that. Yeah. I have that too. I think it came with my copy of Skyward Sword. Is that possible? Yeah, I think I think that is possible because later on, you know, like they're talking about the CDs as um, kind of like incentives. So I think that is true. But the problem for me with this segment, I mean, look, Miyamoto comes out, he's wearing a suit and tie, you know, like he's uh, looking really nice, really dapper. But the it is just this is so long and so boring. Like the symphony part is just so awkward. 
Yeah, the symphony part is super awkward. And then, I mean, e- the, the, perhaps the most awkward. Uh, it, it is on par with the previous year uh, with the, like, interference and the technical glitches is uh, Bill and Miyamoto are talking about, like, the individual, like, music cues that make up Zelda and then have the orchestra play them. Um, and there's one that, like, the orchestra isn't on the same page about or, like, they play, like, the short version of, like, the get an item music. Um, and so, like, they try to loop back to it later. But, like, Miyamoto is just, like, play the other one and the conductor like looks at him and just goes which one <laughs> and like you can tell like all there's uh you know 25 30 musicians ar- around her um who don't know like i'm sure it doesn't say get an item on the top of their music she's like they don't, these are these are music these aren't these aren't people who play games like they're they're really winging it and so half of them start playing the the fairy music which is what they just played um and like it, it's a it's a disaster <laughs> like it, it starts as something sort of cute and like you know uh Zelda music being played by a live orchestra is nice, but the orchestra is not super tight. Um, uh, and uh, they they throw that like you know kind of curveball request at them, and they don't deliver on it. <laughs> I I think this is a overall tighter presentation than uh, last week's. Yes, where they revealed the 3ds, but this segment specifically, I was like, oh man, longing for an like the editing. Of a Nintendo Direct. Yes. Uh, well, and the the very first time that they get to um, actually talking about a, a game that is coming out or like, uh, I don't think it's a, an announcement necessarily. Maybe we already knew about it. But the very first time they talk about a game is Link's Awakening coming to the 3DS Virtual Console, which first of all, like that is some like weak sauce to start with, guys. Um, and it's <laughs> nine minutes into the presentation. <laughs> nine! Well, uh, I mean... To be fair, the way that they're couching it is like for the 25th anniversary, we're bringing like a, a Zelda game to all of our, each of our platforms. Yes. And so the Link's Awakening for um, uh, the Game Boy Color Virtual Console on 3DS. Then for on the 3DS, you're getting the Ocarina of Time 3D remake. On Nintendo DSi, you get Four Swords Adventure for free. And then, of course, Skyward Sword, and he shows, and they announced that they're going to have like a gold uh, Wii mote, which they call a Wii remote. Yes, so I that must that be too. the real name for it. <laughs> yeah, that that's. I feel like that's something that you and I have uh, either screwed up or thought we screwed up a number of times on this show, um, calling it a Wii mote or a Wii remote. Um, but they they use the phrase Wii remote multiple times in this presentation. Um, so I don't know. I would say case still not solved. <laughs> Maybe this is like a lightsaber laser sword thing sure. where like George Lucas can call a lightsaber whatever he wants because like he made he made it up. Yeah. And same with like it's like it's their thing. If they want to call it a Wii remote, but they want everybody else to use the nomenclature Wiimote, that's like it's up to them. Well, and in both cases, like laser sword isn't inaccurate. Just like Wii remote isn't <laughs> inaccurate. <laughs> Um, so I did not remember that they made Four Swords Adventure a free download on the DSi. Maybe I never knew this. Yeah, I didn't either. So the thing that is like crazy to me about this presentation, um, even more than the 3DS one for whatever reason, is like because it's focused on the 3DS and the Wii U, the fact that they like the 3DS is still new at this point. Yeah. And so that they're still like being like, yeah, the DSi, like the Nintendo DS. Um 
kind of like blew my mind. It felt like like you know like uh, time streams converging, where you're like, this can't be true. I, my brain can only handle like discrete console generations, right? And not this overlap. Ah! <laughs> um, and uh, one of the things I really liked about uh, about this is uh, when they say, and of course, Skyward Sword is out this holiday. Um, Miyamoto uh, speaks Japanese, and Bill Trinan translates. It's finally done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So they'd obviously been working on it for uh, too long at that point and just wanted it to be out. Um, uh, so sort of like piggybacking on the, uh, they, they talk about two um, two music CDs that are also in development. Um, one being the Ocarina of Time soundtrack, which uh, I, Mark, do you understand how exactly people got this thing? They said being the first players to register the game with Club Nintendo that's the 3D Ocarina of Time. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I um do you remember the like good old days of Club Nintendo where you would buy like new Nintendo hardware or a game and it would come with a um like an insert that had a code on yeah. it and then you would go to Club Nintendo, you would enter the code and you would like earn points and you could redeem those points for physical rewards that were like sometimes really cute and fun. Yeah. Yeah, no, they don't. I they don't do that days. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, where because they, I, I totally forgot about this, and I was like, there was an Ocarina of Time like 3D CD soundtrack that was a like Club Nintendo giveaway. That is awesome. Yeah, it's it's super cool. It makes me jealous. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I I played the uh, the Ocarina of Time 3D remake you know, years later. Um, and uh, I would have liked a CD, although, I don't know, but by 2011, were we still listening to CDs? Maybe not. Maybe in the car. <laughs> um, and then the other CD is, of course, the 25th anniversary CD, um, which uh, we both think we had. <laughs> but who knows? Maybe we didn't. Um, uh, but yeah, they mentioned that it was it was going to be used in conjunction with the release of Skyward Sword. Uh the best yeah. part of this, mm-hmm. by far, is the Zelda roll, roll call. Yes. So they bring three developers on stage, uh, Tezuka, Koizumi, and Aonuma. Um, and it's just great to see. I, I don't necessarily know that I know uh, Tezuka that much, but uh, Koizumi and Aonuma have obviously become sort of like mainstays of the Zelda and Mario franchises. Uh, you know, Koizumi was like the lead presenter on the switch reveal uh presentation in 2016 um so like you know these are personalities that have be sort of uh replaced uh you know obviously iwata uh since he passed and reggie since uh, he left the company and in some ways even miyamoto right like um he's got uh, a a much more like background role now um and is less like kind of front facing um than these guys are at present yeah, exactly. Kozumi, he is, I feel like he is for modern Nintendo um, in these presentations what like Miyamoto was, mm-hmm. right? Like um, you, we still see him in Switch presentations and Switch Directs like all the time. Like he is the face of like Switch software. Yeah. A- and Aonuma. I mean, really, like he, he was, uh, he was present a lot last year during the um, Link's Awakening reveal. Um Again, just always revealing Link's Awakening. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's so it's 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 just cool to see these guys uh, here. You know, one of the things that we uh, mentioned in our predictions is like, well, at least we'll be able to see our friends, and we're like, oh, even more of our friends. <laughs> 
Um, and then, of course, we can't just thank the developers. We also have to thank the players. Uh, and this is the first 15 minutes of the presentation. 15 minutes! <laughs> We're doing this thing 15 minutes, and all we've talked about are uh, ports and Skyward Sword. Um, it's, it's such a uh, long, awkward opening to this presentation. Luckily, it gets better, and it gets better pretty much immediately because Awada shows up, mm -hmm. and he enters to Zack and Sarah <laughs> by <know>. Ben Folds. <laughs> I clocked that too. <laughs> All of they they use a lot of like pop music cues in this that are like huh? <laughs> like are, are like weirdly current, but like, I don't know. It just it seemed it seemed very funny. Um, yeah, Arcade Fire shows up later yeah, when the right. EA guy comes out. Yeah, uh, all, all, all very funny. Um, but, you know, uh, Iwata is there to just sort of tease the Wii U, right? Like, uh, and kind of lay out like he did in, in previous presentations, like philosophically, here's, here's what we're after. Um, and he said that they're going to expand who plays, where we play, and how we play. Um, which, you know, is sort of the, and he multiple times brings up uh, that the new platform is going to go deeper and wider uh, when it comes mm -hmm. to, like, the, the, the player base. The, the quote that I wrote down um, was that, like, that the new console would be a game platform equally satisfying for all players. Yes. And that itself is, like, I don't know, it's just so interesting because through this entire presentation, so many parts of the Wii U, you're like, oh, you just like you're so close you're to the so Switch. Close. Like you didn't nail it with the Switch. Like I feel like you know, like um, the w just that exactly a game platform equally satisfying for all players. The Wii U was not did not end up being that, but like the Switch from day one has like been that platform. It's just crazy how close they were with the Wii U. They're so and, close, yeah. But but like also just like like that last like 20% just killed them well and i mean it's uh, i think iwata knows it too because he says like right as he's about to wrap up um our new platform is a major step towards reaching our goal like i think he knows that the wii u is not the answer that like they're not ready to uh like revolutionize the gaming space um with a like hybrid console but they're close and like this is the this is what they have to do in the meantime um like i i wonder i wonder if they like had something like the switch like working in like prototype form and it was just like too expensive or like it was too hard to get like the the tech working at like the right levels and they were like well we can compromise with the wii u with this like it has to be connected to you know a, a home console uh, wirelessly tethered to it um but like i think he knows that it's not it's not all the way there but it's it's a step on that path yeah, I mean, I think we'll probably get into this at towards the end, but I kind of spent this entire presentation because uh, we have to get through the 3DS stuff first. But when we get to the Wii U stuff, like trying to figure out what went wrong exactly with the Wii U, because this is not, in my opinion, not a terrible showing for like the the Wii U. And like you, like, so it was fun to watch it in that way because. Um, it, there was like the excitement like you leave like 
there's a lot of seemingly like good third-party support ea comes out talking about how like they're really going to support it with sports and like all that kind of stuff and so it's just kind of it's like what went wrong in the next like 18 months you know like where did it all just kind of start falling apart i mean i i i have a a theory about that but we'll we'll talk to it when we when we get to uh that ea stuff um uh, so this is when they uh, Iwata is like, let's talk about what's coming out the rest of this year, uh, which is good because the the Wii U is st- <coughs> still a ways off at this point. Um, and they do this. The there's like a multi-screen presentation to sort of give the like a deeper sense of immersion into them showing off. Uh, obviously, pre-rendered um, uh, footage of uh, five five games: um, Mario Kart Seven, Star Fox 64 3D. Super Mario 3D Land, Kid Icarus Uprising, yes again, and Luigi's Mansion 2. And I think I'm not sure is Luigi's Mansion 2 the only like reveal here or are they all being revealed? No, I think I think all of them except for Kid Up Kid Icarus Uprising are reveals. And I think it's interesting when so like we see a trailer for all of these and then Reggie comes out wearing his best suit yet. Um True. But when he, but when we deep dive into each of these games, like most of them come out in 2011. Mario Kart comes out in 2011. Star Fox comes out in 2011. Um, 3D Land comes out in 2011, and the uh, and Uprising comes out in 3D 11. But the interesting thing is that like Mario Kart Seven is always just talked about as Mario Kart. Uh, Star Fox 64 3D is called that. But then Mario, uh, Super Mario 3D Land is just called like uh like Super Mario Brothers. Like Reggie refers to it as Super Mario 3D, but um, oh, interesting! Like it's never called it's it's never called Super Mario 3D Land, and it's crazy because this game was all three of those games were coming out like within six months. Um, and Luigi's Mansion came out quite a bit later, right? It definitely didn't come out in 2011. I can't remember when it did come out. Um, Reggie takes the stage, but that didn't have a subtitle na- yet either. Right? Yes, that's they just right. called out Luigi's Mansion too. Um, well, and also, like, you can tell that they were super early in Luigi's Mansion because, or like, in development of it, because all they show is like gameplay and like no bosses, uh, like nothing. Mm. You know, like they're just showing Luigi vacuuming up regular old ghosts. Like, you know, they <laughs> they, they weren't ready to show off like what uh professor e gad looks like and you know like it where reggie mentions mentions multiple mansions but i think we just see stuff from the same like four or five rooms in in one mansion um like i don't think they were very far in that game at all reggie's spiel when he comes out reminds me so much of that scene in the simpsons i think it's the like poochie episode where they get all the kids into a room yes. and they're like so you want like i can't remember exactly what it is, you want like, a you totally want... crazy off the wall show with a bunch of magic and space travel that's also totally grounded <laughs> right and they're all like yeah um and that's what i feel like reggie he's like reggie comes out and he's like we know what you want you want you know the old familiar stuff but with a brand new twist like you want like you guys are hard to please basically is like the um the premise of his little intro here yeah and it's it's funny that it's it's coded in like no small amount of like uh like he resents it a little bit because like, <laughs> he comes out he comes out and the first thing he says is look we hear you <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh which is just uh i don't know i mean it's it's the normal like reggie comes out like a little bit combative and being like here's how we're gonna impress you and it's a, it's a little bit hard for me to know 
was this was this like an impressive showing like um they he's shown off a lot of games that like i like here um but i i don't know i don't know none, none of it feels like you know blow blow the doors off of anything especially in a presentation where you're also revealing like your new console um it just doesn't seem like any of these five announcements are like huge to me am i am i wrong on that um i yeah i don't i don't know that you're wrong necessarily um i think what's interesting to me is that like i i wonder if part of what he's addressing when he's like hey we hear you like you want all you want like this 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 and this is maybe like because they were still ostensibly supporting the Wii at this point yeah right Mm -hmm. and by 2011 especially right like there was not a lot happening on the Wii and you know project rainfall was uh, either launched right around this time or you know like was in the atmosphere around the same time um and so in that context it's really it's this whole presentation is interesting to me because really they're saying like skyward sword is you know like our last hurrah and it could yeah. not be more clear because they don't say boo about the Wii otherwise yeah it, it, it's true uh and they they've you know for for as much as uh they do mention uh you know like the the dsi um also like they they are they're into the 3ds generation right um so like yeah i think there is uh, just like a little bit they're in like a period of of uh building up the 3ds library now and uh trying to get the wii u a console that they, you know they don't totally understand yet um trying to get that up and running they don't even have games for it at this point um they have one game for it <laughs> we'll get there we'll get there um okay so let's talk about these uh these five announcements individually uh mario kart is is the first one uh reggie says it's a tricked out version that you haven't seen before tricked out mark it's tricked out <laughs> i i don't really have anything to say about mario kart 7 it's a mario kart that i've never played um or if i have played it's been very briefly um i actually don't really have much to say about like any of the five that they talk about it's interesting because i don't know if it's the uh the mood that i was in when i was watching this but like i found a lot of it just kind of like boring like they're showing off footage of mario kart and you're like yeah that's yeah that's a mario, mario kart, kart yeah. game like i i i don't really know what else to like make of this i mean they they in the Mario Kart footage, they are showing off like the hang gliders for the first time and uh, like the underwater stuff, which I believe both of those were were new for this version of the game. Um, I have in my notes here. It's hard for me to remember what's new in what version of Mario Kart. Um, so I, I think it also just suffers from that that like Mario Kart has been a a game that just like gradually gets more features in it. Um, and so like when I see something you know it would have been like a a new feature doesn't even register as that for me i'm just like oh yeah okay cool mario kart yeah that's true that's fair um star fox 64 3d something that i thought was interesting here um is that they talk about the multiplayer mode um and they with kill cam yeah (laughs) kill cam so you can see and hear the voice of the person you're playing against um was this a real feature 
I had the same question when they get to um, Kid Icarus Uprising and they show some sort of multiplayer mode. Yeah. Like, was that a real thing? Or the AR stuff. I don't know. <laughs> I don't Yeah. I had no memory of it. I, I, I just don't remember it uh, at, at all. Um, interesting note about the Super Mario 3D Land, like you said, uh, never actually called that. Um, okay, that's fine. Um, they they do like lean on the tail uh, and being like Mario, this Mario tail, and there's like a shadow of the Tanuki tail. Um, and then Luigi's Mansion Two, uh, like I said, is just showing off gameplay and not even like big set piece kind of gameplay. It's all just vacuuming up regular old ghosts. Um, <laughs> but you know, Reggie does he, he like uh, is like this is no remake. You know, this is we are, which is an important thing to lay down here, right? Because like yeah, Mario Kart is another one where he says like this is an all new game um and i think that's probably because like ocarina of time remake was uh uh just coming out the next week and uh, they just announced star fox 64 so like i think they were getting themselves into a little bit of a situation where when they had a new game they had to specify that it was a new game i also think that um you know nowadays we're lousy with luigi's mansion so like the fact that luigi's mansion is a franchise we kind of take for granted but and but like when luigi's mansion 2 was was announced it was kind of a little bit like oh my gosh i can't believe like this is happening because luigi's mansion 1 i think a lot of people liked it but just because it was like a gamecube launch title that wasn't a mario game it kind of had like not a negative reputation but kind of like the air of disappointment around it. So the fact that they were like investing in like a new Luigi's Mansion game was really like cool and exciting, like a very unexpected. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like that they're uh, from from out of nowhere, right? Like you just wouldn't have thought uh, that there would be space for another one. When Luigi's Mansion 3 was announced, we were like, oh yeah, because we just got uh, the Luigi's Mansion remake on the on the 3DS just a couple years after Luigi's Mansion 2. Like, I feel like now we are living in a world where it is a franchise and it, you know, it makes sense, um, but it, it just wasn't at, at, at this point. This is also before the yeah. uh, Luigi's Mansion uh, minigame in Nintendo Land. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Uh, then there is a, uh, like third party video montage. Uh, this was a, a glitchy video for me when I watched it. Was it glitchy for you? It was. Yeah. It must be that. Cause I think we were watching like, uh, the GameStop, um, recording or like feed yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, I noticed in some of the ones that we had done in the, that we had watched in the past, like the versions that were up on YouTube, when they got to some of these montages, they would um, mute out the sound because I think they didn't want to get like third party like takedown notices. Right. And I, so that was my first thought when it started glitching out is like, oh, are they like editing out parts that they were worried about like the music? Um, oh, but interesting. No, it just seemed like it was glitchy. Yeah, it just seemed like really glitchy. Um, the uh, j- just quickly to run through the games that are shown off here: uh, Resident Evil, Merc- <coughs> Resident Evil Mercenaries 3D, Mario and Sonic at the London 2012 Olympic Games, Ace Combat 3D, Tetris, Cave Story 3D, Resident Evil Revelations, Driver Renegade, Pac-Man and Galaga, Tekken 3D, and Metal Gear Solid Snake Eater 3D. Which again is a lot of uh, calling up the same games that they sort of teased uh the previous year at the um uh, 3ds reveal presentation I, well kind 
D- is it because like they didn't show any of they didn't show any of these games? Oh no no no, that's not true. They had like the big like slide show in yeah. the back where he's like this these people are bringing this game. That's right. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I mean you know not not totally fair. Like it was just uh, Konami is bringing games from the Metal Gear Solid franchise. Uh, but it did say uh, Resident Evil Mercenaries was like for sure called by name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you gonna do? Um, uh, and, and then, uh, Reggie goes on to talk about how the 3DS eShop is being improved, uh, to include like, you know, searching, um, you know, by, by name and being able to bring up, uh, trailers, including 3D trailers, uh, and that game demos were also going to be coming, uh, to the eShop. And I bring this up because it's immensely boring, but also because, <laughs> because these are the things that like the, the system didn't launch with. Um, and it's, yeah. it's interesting to put yourself in the headspace of 2011 and be like, what was the state of online game stores? Um, and how big of a whiff was it for Nintendo not to have that at that time? I mean, it was pretty bad. Yeah. Like the, uh, um, you know the the Wii's eShop was, or the Wii Shop, I guess, was like <laughs> the like, Wii Shop was, would also be was, accurate. <laughs> yeah, it was fairly bare bones, mm-hmm. but you know, like it had a lot of these features. I mean, I think the fact that Reggie had to like spend time being like, "Look what the eShop can do," tells you tells us like all that we need to know. Yeah. That he he was only addressing complaints that people had already voiced. <laughs> we heard you. You want an eShop that has demos, but also big logos for games. Look, we hear you. <laughs> it's the look that gets me. <laughs> um, uh, and then you know he's talking about the the virtual console uh, and uh, other classic games that are coming to the. Uh, 3DS uh, Virtual Console, including um, games from before the NES. Didn't specify what exactly he was talking about there, um, but did mention that uh, they were going to be giving away for free the 3D Classics edition of Excite Bike. Um, and those 3D Classics, man, I wish they had done more of them, and I wish they would have uh, done them with like bigger Nintendo games, because that 3D Classics Kid Icarus is a perfect way to play Kid Icarus. I'll say it over and over again every time a 3D classic comes up. <laughs> it seems like it, was this was like the virtual console just launching as part of like the eShop redesign or something. I mean, it because must they have made been. it seem like yeah, like uh, I don't think he explicitly said it, but it felt to me like all of this was being brought up because it was like new. Yeah, uh, yeah, I I don't know. It, it's it's really hard to say. Well, it's also uh, strange because the 3DS has such a limited eShop or limited virtual console, um, limited to Game Boy and Game Boy Color, no Game Boy Advance, um, and just the NES, um, and eventually the Super NES, but we are years away from that happening. Um, so, like, you know, it's, it's, it's Nintendo classic stuff, but it's not the kind of, uh, it's not like the Wii where there was, like, a huge library of, you know, all the way through uh, Nintendo 64 and, um, you know, like Genesis games and stuff like that. So um, I, I think it was uh, may- maybe they were really like announcing it here or rolling it out here. Um, uh, and it just it never was as big as the, the other virtual consoles. Uh, next, uh, <laughs> next we we move on to Pokemon uh, and the enhanced Pokedex 3D. Do you remember this thing, Mark? 
Does it exist? No, I don't remember this. I couldn't tell if it actually came out. I couldn't tell you if people, I mean, it must have come out because they basically said that it was happening any time now. I think this part was so boring. I cannot get over how like boring this was. But the uh, enhanced Pokedex couldn't tell you if it ever came out. Yeah. Don't know if people ever used it. But I think this uh, this part in the presentation is a good like microcosm of uh, someone having uh, a developer having the idea, but just not executing it in the perfect way yet. Because a lot of the enhanced Pokedex 3D, uh, which would also allow you to uh, put Pokemon in like your photos and like see them in the real world, is one step away from being Pokemon Go right it's so close to being the biggest money maker that like anyone has ever seen ever um and uh it's just it's just not that and like the the here's here's one of these things where you're like oh the technology just isn't here um because uh reggie explains the process uh that you can superimpose pokemon into your photos you take the photo load it onto an sd card put it on your pc and then share it with your friends and like that is three <laughs> steps too many my man <laughs> yeah the 3ds they're um you know a couple of times they show off like ar capabilities and now you know like um w a lot of times when apple does presentations they're showing off like look at the new ar stuff we put in like people are really bullish on ar as a more like social um alternative to vr yeah and nintendo was there they were just there like at the wrong time well, and they were there in a weird way too, right? Like they were there in a very like prescribed kind of way. Um, like the the cards that came with your 3ds, you would put them on like the table and then point your 3ds at the table, and then like something would appear in the real world. And like that's not a compelling use of AR, right? Um, just to pretend that you know a card is actually like a a 3D moving object. It's not that's not fun. What you want is like an overlay, right? Uh something over what you're already seeing in the real world, not something you have to plant there. Um so yeah, it it's they they're so close but like just not just not getting to the nugget of what's actually like fun or engaging about it. Mark, are you ready for the uh portion of the presentation I have titled Welcome to the World of Wii U? <laughs> I I'm I'm ready. Um so this is uh Satoru Wada comes back out. Um well wait, is how how do we do Re Reggie Reggie's still here for the moment. I I think before the trailer. Um and he's talking again about the name. Look, Reggie, we get it. You're still sore about people making fun of the name we. <laughs> we get it. Um but he explains that we meant we. W I I meant W E. And now we're going to make uh, the new system is about we, but it is also about you. Um, and I'm not totally sure I know what he's driving at here. Is, is it no. an appeal to the hardcore? Like, are you the hardcore player? What is he saying? Yeah, this is um, where kind of like the troubles begin and where you're like, yes, on the DS and the... Even the 3DS, really, like, and the Wii, they had, like, a very clear message yeah. where they're like, this is why this is compelling and why we are going down this route. And everything, like, what I wrote down is I was, like, taking notes on Reggie was says, and then I circled it all, and next to it I wrote, this doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Like, the stuff he's saying here, like, he literally says, like, he's talking about the c c console and he's saying, it's unique. Like, what does you stand for? And he's like, unique? 
unifying utopian like can it be all of these and he's like the answer is yes and it's like what are you talking about yeah it's like what does that mean it's it's tough because like and they they get to like some of the interesting things about like these sort of like asynchronous uh multiplayer like local multiplayer stuff that like the the switch can do but like i i feel like they they see so many possibilities and they don't know which one is the good one. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. And they just totally. sort of present them all. And they're like, I don't know. <laughs> what do you like? Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's so weird. And like the reveal of the tablet itself of, of, of the, the controller, which they routinely call the new controller. <laughs> like, I don't know if they didn't have a name for it or what, but they're just like, I don't know. It's the new controller. Um, uh, when they reveal the controller, uh, it is to applause. Like people seem to be into it, and I wonder if it's because the people in the crowd were already seeing the Wii U in their head, or were already seeing the Switch in their head, right? Yeah, I wonder because I feel like the um, like only until later in this presentation, do we see that um. Like, you can play, like, on the system itself, if that makes sense, right? Like, at this point in it, we don't really know that to be true. Well, okay, that, 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 that is true. Um, well, so right, right, at, right after this, uh, there's, like, a concept trailer, right? Um, and the, the, ver- the very first thing that uh, they do is, like, there's someone playing uh, New Super Mario Brothers, and someone comes in and goes, it's time to watch baseball. Which, first of all, <laughs> first of all, that should be like, hey, are you using the TV? I'd like to watch a baseball. Yeah, no, I am worried about the people in that household. Yeah, for sure. it's an abusive relationship, yeah. 100%. Um, uh, and, and so the, the person playing uh, Mario goes, okay, great. Changes the input on the TV, and then we see them playing the game um, on the uh, gamepad. Uh, and the language that appears on the screen right then is switch from tv to the new controller um i know so i know close. i know and i like underline it because i'm just like yes you're so close um but then this video just goes on forever infinitely yeah. and it's just and you're so right that it feels like there were um they're like Reggie says that it's infinitely complex, perfectly simple, but like it is infinitely complex. Period. And they are trying to make yeah. this do this thing do everything. Like in this concept video, I mean, look, we have to remember that the iPad only came out a year before this, right? Yeah. So like tablets were still like, sure, could this thing be a tablet? They're like, yeah, you can make video calls. You can control the web with it. Like you can do like all of this stuff. And it just feels like what what are we supposed to make of this yeah well and like they they show one of like the early examples of like here's someone using this uh touch screen in an interesting way is someone is doing some like next level artwork on this thing uh and was there ever like a art program like this on the wii u mark doesn't know i don't know no one knows (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i mean and it this does feel like it's almost more of a like you know, blue sky uh, concept video um, that they had shown like internally or to like development partners or something. Uh, and then they were like, you know what, that would make a good like uh, c- customer facing thing. Let's put that out. Um, but I feel like it's just 
too ambitious. Um, like the, the video calls thing, I know that was real, but like, I don't, maybe it would have been used if there were more we use in the wild. Um, but like all of this is just uh, like sky's the limit sort of stuff. And punctuated by a, uh, a Zelda demo uh, for a Zelda game that doesn't exist. Right, purely a tech demo. Yeah, purely like a hundred percent a tech demo. Um, ah, man, I it kind of bums me out a little bit because even here it feels like um, what Nintendo really needed was a like a killer app that showed off like this is how somebody can use this um, tablet controller. And it will, you know, like, it's an easy to understand way that you're like, wow, I like see the potential of this. Like the way that Wii Sports did, right? We're like, oh my gosh, like, I totally see how this matches the message of like the blue ocean. It's like, yeah, like I can imagine playing this with my parents. I can imagine them finding it approachable. And so they're telling us all, all this stuff about like, it is like the perfect system for you. And it's, you know, like can do all of these things, but there's never like an illustration of how that is true. Like they show off some asynchronous gameplay and they're like all this kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. They show off like infinite possibilities, but none of them are like compelling. None of them are like in depth enough for you to be like, wow, like I uh, like really understand why this is like cool and important. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there were so many like little things that were just like kind of cool, but not, uh, not not enough. Like um, in this concept video, they show the like kind of golf demo where you take the the gamepad and like put it down on the ground, and then this the the display on the screen is the golf ball that you'd be taking a swing at with your Wii remote, um, and that you would hit it into the image that's on the TV. Like that's cool for sure. And if you were in someone's living room and it happened, you'd be like, oh, that's cool. But you wouldn't be like, I gotta get one of these. <laughs> yeah it's cool in like a sharper image type way <laughs> where you're like wow that is a really cool fiber yeah. optic lamp and actually that's a bad example because as a kid i loved lights and so i was like yeah like that is a really cool fiber optic lamp i do want that but a lot of the stuff in uh you know sharper image you're like i yeah like wow i never thought a toothbrush could do that but i don't actually like want it right um and i think so much of this and we we don't actually get into all of the features and all of the more like esoteric features of, of the wii u in this presentation but like its ability to control the tv its connection to Miiverse, like all of these things are um you know like i i don't know if Nin- i don't really know what nintendo imagined Miiverse to be but like it's just a bad social network um and like the switches integration with existing social networking platforms is good um, and like usable, like you see people post things to Twitter and Facebook all the time from their switches, uh, and you were never going to be able to do that from your Wii U because it was married to the idea of Miiverse. Um, similarly, the idea that you would be able to control your uh, TV, like TV is sort of going the way of like people are cutting the cord, like they're just getting in uh, at like something interesting at the wrong time, um, and like this, they don't. People don't need this machine to do that. Um, and the big example of that here is the video calls, right? Like, I mean, I, I guess, again, you're right. Like, iPads iPads are new. Um, and, like, iPhones have only been around for a little bit. Um, so, like, FaceTime and Skype and all of these technologies are still pretty new. 
but it's just so limited. You can only, uh, it's, they're trying too much with this thing. Yeah. And, you know, Xbox One had the same problem, yes. right? Like, when it first came out, it was like, we're all in on Connect. We're all in on, like, this is your living room hub. And gamers, like, uh, or consumers really, like, rejected that message as well. So it's not, it wasn't that it was unique, to, like, a uniquely Nintendo problem. It was more that Nintendo wasn't able to pivot away from it as easily as, like, Microsoft was, where they could just, like, cut off the rotting limb and be like, fine, yeah, we're not, like, we're not shipping Connect anymore. You don't want yeah. it? We're not going to talk about it. Like, um, Nintendo was, a, was just in the unfortunate position of being, like, married to it, and so they just had to, like, ride it out. Yeah, a- ab- absolutely. It's, it's, such a, it's such a weird time, especially because, like, the uh, PlayStation 3, Wii, um, Xbox 360 generation, um, people were using their consoles for a lot of that, like, um, you know, to, to stream from Netflix um, and uh, like Hulu and uh, other services like that, because it was sort of the first time that that was becoming like a standard expectation that that would be on your TV. Um, and, you know, maybe 2011 is uh, er, too early for like smart TVs to sort of become standard. Um, but like, this is when, you know, like Apple TV and Roku's and like there were just so many options that were like 80 bucks or less um, that would provide you with all of these uh, all of these ways to watch streaming content where you didn't need to plug in a PlayStation or uh, a Wii with the Netflix disc inside it. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Where are we here? <laughs> okay, so uh, a lot of shows up. A lot of shows, lot of shows up. up. And uh, and it's nice to see Iwata. Look, it's good to spend time with our friends. Um, and he sort of just starts like knocking out the the individual uh, features here. Uh, first of which being uh, backwards compatibility with all Wii games, controllers, and accessories. Specifically calling out the Wii Fit, um, which I think uh, is good and important because the Wii Fit was huge for them. And also just like the Wii had such a big mm-hmm. library. Um, uh, I I just I like that he went to it right away. It was like, well, it's backwards compatible. Um, and then he said it was designed to appeal to all people, including the most dedicated players. Um, and then they, they bring up an image of the gamepad and sort of detail uh, all the different ways that you can interact with this thing. Um, it's a whole host of buttons, including uh, trigger and bumpers, um, two thumbsticks. Uh, and uh, this was something I wasn't really thinking about um, what a huge change the gamepad is from uh, Wii Remote or even Wii Remote and Nunchuck. Yeah, and I think it goes to your point where, like, Reggie coming out and being like, we hear you, like, all of this. Like, I do think that some of this is pitched to, hey, you are, like, we know that we've lost that experienced gamer a little bit. And like, this is a system, like the third party part of this at the end is like all about that. Right. Yeah. It's like, look like those third party titles that like the experienced gamer wants, like Ninja Gaiden, like that, those games are coming to the system. And I, I feel like the same way here where they were like, yeah, like that was one failing of the Wii, right. It was something that the Wii did not do well. Yes. And now we're like super overcompensating. 
Yes. Uh, this is also where Iwata mentions that the uh, the gamepad is not designed to be a portable gaming machine, even though it does share some characteristics. Um, he stresses it so much. Like, yeah, yeah. that really stood out to me as well. Uh, it's like, Again, you're just like, it's you're, you're so, so close. close. You're, you're so, so close. close. You know the people want it to be that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I'm sure he wanted it to be that. It's just... Uh, <laughs> um. Anyway, he mentions uh, this thing has a strong bond with the internet, which I was like, huh? <laughs> um, I mean, it's stronger certainly than the uh, the Wii, but like, I, I don't. It's they're they're I think at this point, uh, sort of overselling um, the next gen quality of of this thing, or at least the on par with the PlayStation Three, um, Xbox Xbox Three Sixty, which like it is. It's it's about on par power wise with those systems. In two years' time, it's going to get uh, totally clowned out by yeah. the PS4 and the uh, Xbox One, but that's two years down. <laughs> that's two years down the line. I'm just struck. Like I wrote here, like at this point in the presentation, I was so struck at how much the Wii U is trying to do, and like how the message is not simple or really like compelling at all because they are trying to do some they're trying to like be a system for everybody like they're literally saying that and but the way that they're doing that is they're trying to like marry two things to like gather that it's really difficult to do they're saying like yeah like everybody who loved the wii come on right like the wii motes are gonna work like all that stuff we're not gonna leave you behind but then everybody who like was like not the Wii wasn't for you. You wanted more like the experiences that were on the 360 and the um, uh, PlayStation 3. Like, we're going to take care of you too. And the like unification, the attempted unification of those two worlds just makes the whole thing just really awkward. I mean, I think that the, one of the very big problems with their presentation uh, here of the Wii U is that they don't have any... Anything compelling to say about first-party software? Nothing. Um, they they mention here. Uh, uh, so Mr. Miyamoto comes out and he's talking about the uh, the uh, appeal of of the Wii U. Um, and they and they mention that. Uh, no, not not Iwata. Um, Masahiro Sakurai has been approached about, uh, you know, what game he should develop next. And you know, this is when they reveal that Smash 4 will be coming out on the 3DS and the Wii U. Um, and the crowd loves it, but, like, they don't even have a logo to show for this. Like, that's how little they're prepared in a software capacity to roll out the the Wii U. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, it really makes you appreciate, like, it seems so simple to be like the Wii has such a simple message, right? Like this, the Wii, you yes. see it and you're like, I understand this. The Switch has such a simple message yes. where you're like, you see it and you're like, I instantly get the appeal. The Wii U does not have that. And like, um, and I don't even know if I was trying to like distill the Wii U's appeal down to a single sentence that I could um, and that's like really difficult to do, right? Like that's a, like mm-hmm. a genius product if you're able to do something like that. But it is very clear that the Wii U was like nowhere near that level of clarity in purpose. Yeah, because it seems like 
the goal was the switch right the goal was console quality gaming that you can play in the palm of your hand and they sort of had that but like didn't have it completely enough to really rest everything on that so instead they were like here's this fairly powerful system that can be used in any way um have have fun (laughs) you know right well and i I actually think the reason that like the switch was successful is that so when the Switch first came out, I was like, man, I really miss, you know, like the friendly UI and the fun music and everything of the Wii. But then you like thinking about the Wii U, right? Like what what they wanted to do is like, they're going to show this trailer of third party games and it has stuff like Ninja Gaiden. And, you know, like there's like, they really focus in on, you know, like uh, people getting ripped apart and like lots of blood. Yeah. And then you think about like Miiverse when you logged into your Wii U and like how there would be big squares of people being like, I'm playing like, you know, like this game and people doing drawings about it and like fun stuff like that. And how like, how does that work in a world where, you know, it, like it mm-hmm. just feels in, incongruous. So I think one of the things, one of the reasons why the Switch actually does work is not that there is kind of like the pairing back of the UI because it'll, the like emptiness of it allows it to be like whatever experience your whatever game you're playing like it fits the experience and i don't think that was really true with the wii u like they wanted and this is a smaller problem but just like i think emblematic of like the whole like cross purposes that they were fighting yeah no i mean you're 100 right there's no it's not like aesthetically agnostic right like it's trying to it's still trying to bring that like wii energy uh, well, also being like, but it's a tough place. Um, it's a tough place for tough people to play tough games. Um, and like, just the presence of that is alienating for the people who want to play the the fun games. And just the fun stuff is alienating for the people who want to play hardcore games. So it's 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 tough in in trying to include everyone. They're sort of alienating everyone. <laughs> um. All right, so then we finally get this bird video that you mentioned in... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yes, but again, we were wrong because it does not end with a bird jumping onto a branch. It, it begins with way. a bird yes. landing on a branch. Yes. The bird flies around. He's animated sort of stiffly. He flies by some fish. The fish look okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's the thing is that, like, I, I remember even at the, to- at the time you're watching this and you're like, this, like... Th- Games like this do not exist on Nintendo platforms, generally speaking, like this like level of realism. Um, but I don't, you know, like this was another instance where like an actual game that Nintendo made that was looking like that would have like really benefited. Because again, just like a pre-rendered engine, you know, like um, a cutscene is doesn't really tell me anything. Yeah. I mean nothing. It 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 tells it tells you nothing, and it almost certainly wasn't actually running on the Wii U. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're you're just show you're just showing us a cartoon. Thank you, I guess. But like, I I don't know how that how that helps us. Here's what might help us. Uh, except again, I think they sort of dropped the ball here. Um, Reggie's talking about uh, games uh, or like game experiences. Everything is like prototype at this point. But the game experiences that um 
uh, journos and other people are going to be playing on the show floor. Um, and the first thing that he mentions is uh, if new Super Mario Brothers, uh, but your Mies were running alongside them, <laughs> which isn't doesn't fit the brief of the Wii U at all. <laughs> right. It's like, I think what they say is like, oh, and you can play it, you know, like on, you can see the game on the screen or on the controller um but yeah i mean that is when that is the first not even game because you know he stresses these are just prototypes to show off what the wii u can do but when is that that is what you're leading with to show off your like innovative new controller like yikes yikes. well and especially because a new super mario brothers u did in fact have an interesting way to interact with it via the gamepad you could add the there could be a player who was just controlling that that could make platforms for uh the other players to jump on so like there was eventually functionality for that thing that was uh you know probably not system selling but interesting uh and at least more interesting and more on brand than just your me's are running around um and i i look i might have been imagining it i may have been projecting it but it sounded to me like the audience did not care for it when <laughs> when reggie was like and your me's can play alongside them it doesn't get any better with shield pose no uh which one was shield pose i just wrote down shield pose now i don't remember what that is so it's like pirates are shooting arrows at you and so you're supposed to like um hold up the uh wii u controller like a shield basically and but you can see what is happening because you're looking through like the tablet part of it again yeah like not super compelling i I, I just don't get it um and then the next two sort of like asynchronous multiplayer experiences that reggie talks about are chase me um where one player has uh the the one being chased has the overhead view and the other ones are all like from first or like close over the shoulder third person this is in and that did show up in nintendo land and is is like one of like two or three fun games on that. Uh, and the other one is like some kind of spaceship game where uh, the person in the spaceship, it has the, um, the view of, of the, uh, of the tablet is again, sort of like an overhead thing where they can shoot uh, all around. Oh, 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 before um, we talk about uh, Lego city stories <laughs> um, in the, in the first sizzle reel that they show, they show off this like, uh, like Wii Zapper type thing. Yes. It's the Wii Zapper, but it has like a cradle yes. for the Wii U controller. Did that Did that ever I come out? So. That seems so unwieldy. It's, <laughs> well, because that was one of the big downfalls too, is that like the uh, this controller was big and it was like clumsy and fat. Um, I think if you tried to put it in a like kind of gun peripheral, um, it would be, the whole thing would be too heavy and like it would, it would be so... <laughs> It would be so bad. I don't think it ever came out. Um, but I, I have the same note. Did this ever come out? But to be fair, I have did this ever come out uh, all over this, <laughs> all over my notes here. Mm-hmm. Um, so Reggie, again, reiterates, uh, these are just prototypes. These aren't necessarily going to be the games that you'll be playing uh, when the Wii U releases. I can announce one title. So, ooh, ooh, great. One title. What's this one? This is going to be great. Well, what's the one title we're going to see? Uh, and it is Lego City Stories. And in my notes, I have written oof. <laughs> yeah, I have nothing to Like, I, I never played the game. It also came out for the 3DS. 
Um, I think later it came out on like other systems, including the Switch. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just a like you know there there's a video with Miyamoto and he's talking about it and like he also says nothing. Like they just go keep going on and on about like there's so many possibilities, but it's clear that nobody had a grapple on like what's what the way to use it is. And usually developers are looking for Nintendo to lead there. Yeah. And when they're not able to figure it out, like, um, yeah, I don't know. It's rough. <laughs> it is rough. And then the, the next thing we get is like a, a, a reel of like interviews with um, de- developers, a- again, sort of like hoping to uh, channel the same energy as people being excited about the power of the DS or the 3DS or even the Wii. Like this is a time-honored tradition for Nintendo to be like, here are other people saying exciting things about our, our new platform. Um, and it, it's cool that at this point we're starting to get like late enough in time that like there are other names I recognize that aren't like the, you know, classics. It's not just like, um, it's not just uh, Hideo Kojima or uh, uh, Inafune. Um, you know, we see uh, Peter Moore, Yves Gilmont, Ken Levine, Warren Spector, um, all saying, uh, you know, pretty good or like at least moderately exciting things uh, about the Wii U. <laughs> Ken Levine was is so funny to me because I think he was there for the 3DS one. I think he was there for the DS one. Wow. And you're like, I don't think you ever shipped a game for any of these platforms. <laughs> no. Uh, Ken Levine does say the most interesting thing, though. Uh, he says uh, that he's excited about this, uh, this platform because you can play a console gaming experience in bed on a smaller screen. Again, everyone wants this thing to be the Switch. They just don't know that that's what they want. It was also really fun to see Peter Moore because I was like, oh my gosh, it's that guy. And then I had to Google like uh, <laughs> to figure out who he was. Um, during this uh, this like interview thing, uh, we also find out that the following games are uh, coming to Wii U. Darksiders 2, Batman Arkham City, which gets a pretty big pop. Um, Assassin's Creed, though they don't specify which one. Uh, and Ghost Recon o- Online. But also uh, the... The, there's a Tekken game, and the title screen says Tekken Wii Successor. Um, and they hadn't released a Tekken game on the Wii, so that means that they are saying this is the Tekken game for the Wii Successor. The Tekken team didn't even know what the thing was called at this point. Just the <laughs> Wii Successor. Uh, yeah, and I think it's funny that like they didn't call it in the video. They didn't just call it Tekken Wii U. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Um, um, we also see like Metro Last Light yes. and uh, Ninja Gaiden Three Razor's Edge, which also gets like a really big um, uh, reaction from the crowd. Well, so the, these are uh, two separate uh, v- videos. Like, uh, I, I believe the the Darksiders, Tekken, Batman, uh, Assassin's Creed, and Ghost Recon are all part of the like sort of interviews, and then we get this like uh, dark and scary rock and roll like trailer montage oh, of, of gotcha. third party games, um, and. Uh, Ninja Gaiden 3 is like the big one um, that, like you say, people really freak out for. Um, but it also is like the most tonally different uh, from what I expect in a Nintendo presentation. There's blood. There's, I mean, it's uh, it's a crazy violent <laughs> uh, thing, um, but people respond really well to it. So I, I, I don't know what to make of that. Well, yeah, like the, I feel like that was the that's the point of the presentation sure. to be like can you believe that this is on a nintendo platform um 
but that but i feel like the problem with all of that is like that's it like that is the whole like point of putting the game on the system is not that it's necessarily a good fit yep. not that it makes sense for the audience or anything it's just like can you believe this is happening and then people you know people didn't buy them they were late ports or you know like it was just the wrong audience on the wrong system I feel like Ubisoft, right, with the Switch, they learned a lot. And they were like, great, we're doing this, like, Mario Rabbids thing. Yeah. Somebody at Ubisoft was, like, smart enough to, like, see that connection. But with the Wii U, it just felt like, I don't I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it definitely is a case of just, like, not understanding the needs of that specific audience. Uh, and thinking that, like, you can just win. Look, people who had a Wii and a PlayStation 3 just wanted one system that could be both. And that's what they thought they could do with the Wii U. Um, and they just couldn't. Uh, it, it's, just not, it's just not what it is. Um, then Reggie and Iwata are back to sort of wrap things up and welcome uh, EA's John Riccatello. Um, and he's talking about a breakthrough in the relationship between EA and Nintendo. Um, and you know, most of what he's talking about here is like, uh, the Wii was tough for us, uh, because you know, it wasn't powerful enough. Uh, finally now, uh, Nintendo is developing a, a system that is powerful enough that when we develop for the other systems, it's easy for us to develop for this one too. Um, and again, that would be true for two years and then, and then it gets left in the dust with the PlayStation four and the, uh, Xbox one totally outclassing it so like i think that's a big part of where um this this relationship and therefore every third-party relationship just falls away entirely is uh nintendo did a make good on their generational uh like lag technologically speaking and then uh where have found themselves behind a new a new generational lag it's really sad and weird um uh he uh Riccatello says EA is transforming games from a thing that you do to a place that you go uh and he shows off a little bit of uh <laughs> of footage from the Sims which by the way have still not come to Switch. <laughs> That's another one where you're like what is this what 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 does that mean John? I mean I like I'm begging you. I I can sort of understand the idea that like like we're starting to get to the beginning here of like the games as like a living ecosystem you know we're we're still pre-destiny at this point we're obviously pre-fortnite and like all of these uh games that people play more as like uh social recreation or like a space that you occupy um so like i sort of get it but i don't know how it connects to uh what they're doing <laughs> with nintendo um on on their way out uh i believe it's reggie who says consider four platforms nintendo ds we 3ds and wii u think about what they represent together innovation um i don't know it's it, it seems like they don't know exactly what to say about the wii u certainly not in the same ways that they had clear thesis statements for the ds for the 3ds and for the wii um and this whole presentation gets sort of dragged down in that uh no one knows how they're going to use this thing no one knows what they're going to play on it um Mm -hmm. and uh that and that's it that's that's what they have to show you yeah and you know like in fairness the system was still over a year away sure it didn't launch until you know for like another 18 months but 
it, it it is just a weird like vibe to leave on where you're like I get what it is but I don't understand why I need it um and that's where I'm with you like I'm conv- watching this back now I have a lot of memories of you know there being like uh it's confusing but I, I found this, like you, I found this presentation very clear. Yeah. Where it's just like, yeah, like the Wii U is a discrete system that's backwards compatible. It has this like controller. Like, I don't think that part of the message was confusing. I think just like what it was offering was not compelling. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And like, I mean, I, I wonder, uh, I theorized earlier that like Iwata is aware that this is uh, a, a half step. Uh, and I wonder how much nintendo figured or like were ready to accept that uh this system wasn't going to be the thing that broke through but was just going to because they were obviously done developing for for the wii and like they had lost all third party uh you know uh connections at at that point anyway so they needed something to carry them through to the time when the switch could be a a technical possibility um and like the Wii U wasn't a good stopgap solution, but I feel like it sort of was their, that was their bridge from the Wii to the Switch. Um, and like, you know, it still did allow them to make some great games uh, that ended up not selling super well on that platform, but then totally crushing on Switch. So like, I don't know. If if Nintendo was like intentionally taking the back seat, knowing they had some uh, like interesting ideas, but weren't sure exactly which of those ideas were king. Um, and just were like, well, we got to put something out, put the thing out, um, and then uh, let it get crushed later to realize it in the form of the Switch. Then then that's pretty smart. That, <laughs> that's interesting. The, like, basically, Nintendo was like this, uh, doing the video game equivalent of like when sports teams tank. Yes. Because they're like, look, you know, we know, we kind of know this like season is a wash. And so we're just going to tank. So like we're better prepared in the future. Yeah. Like I, I, I would buy that. I mean, the, the switch must've been a fast follow if they were ready to release it within five years of, you know, the Wii U being um, released. And so like, it was a long five years for, you know, Nintendo fans or, I guess I, it was a painful five years for Nintendo as a company, just like financially. Yeah. But um, but yeah, th- I mean, I, that's as that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, but also like you know the the 3DS wasn't a total uh loss uh during during those those five years anyway. So like you know it's uh it's just one of those uh periods in Nintendo where like the console side of the business like wasn't what was moving. Um, and uh, wasn't what was moving um, games. Um, it was the handheld side, uh, which is then so interesting to see now in the present that there just is the one pillar. Like, especially as we just talked about on Tuesday, um, that Nintendo is going to be like kind of quietly stepping away from developing uh, mobile games. Um, like, sort of all their eggs are in the Switch basket now. If there's something that happens, if there's a Switch killer out there, um, I don't know what Nintendo does. Like. Yeah, and yeah, and you know, we talked about we've talked about in the past how like the Nintendo of the past at least 20 years has been all about like innovation and like kind of trying to like re- um reinvent itself with every generation. And so like before they before the DS they had the safety of like the Game Boy Advance, right? Yeah. And um you know, the the 3DS felt like a safe step. 
and like all of those things, but it's like now like everything is the switch. And if the switch uh, successor, it is not, uh, there's just so much more risk because they yeah. don't have like those backup plans. And it'll be interesting to see like, do they want to innovate again? Like, are they like, no, we're completely reinventing the consoles again. Or are they satisfied doing just like a super Nintendo upgrade where they're like, it's just the switch. The switch works like, what it, the switch is is great, yeah. and now it's just like a nicer switch, which I think is well. I mean, this is almost always true, but like that's that that's what the market wants right now is just like a, a more powerful version of the switch or like a sleeker, you know, whatever, just a better switch. Um, but like you know, so frequently the market doesn't know what it wants until Nintendo says, "Here's actually what you want," um, and sometimes we don't actually want it. But you know, it's <laughs> it, it's tough. Uh, Mark, would you recommend that people watch this presentation? So this is the first one that I'm going to say, like, no, I don't think that it's necessarily worth it. It's not the worst presentation. Um, it's, I think, probably as long as last week's, but it doesn't feel as long for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, but it just, it, it's just like a footnote in Nintendo's history at this point. And if you were hoping to realize, like, why the Wii U didn't work or, like, what went wrong, I, I, don't, I don't think this is, like, really enough to, like, sink your teeth into. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. It was interesting for, for me to watch and for us to talk about it, um, largely because I think it points to the future so much, um, but in in a way that, like, it doesn't... I, I, everything feels so close, but just, like, so far. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I would say kind of skip this one. It doesn't have, uh, like, any, uh, like, hyped-up fun game moments in it. Um, it doesn't feel like this one is about games or gaming um, in any capacity. So, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't really care for it. Anyway, uh, if you, listener, have watched this thing and have a different opinion or think that uh, or have a, a, the same opinion, if you have something you'd like to add to the conversation, uh, you should email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at gmail.com. At gmail.com. So we can talk about it on the show. Okay, Mark, let's close out our discussion here. All right, that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, you can share it on Facebook or Twitter or wherever you share stuff. Um, on Twitter, you can follow us. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKA Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society. We also have a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Apebetty. You can get more of his music by going to apebetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying, look, we hear you. Thanks for listening. is Will Himes, and I am a ghostwriter, meaning I write other people's books for them. And I have a podcast called I Will Write Your Book, which are recordings of my meetings with my eccentric clients, such as a woman blocked after one sentence of a children's book about her dogs. 
a romance novelist who dislikes sex, and a man proud of having sampled everything in his local grocery store. This podcast has been described as fully improvised, played by some of the best comedians on the planet Earth. Hey, that's pretty good. That's I Will Write Your Book on Campfire Media. Campfire.